Welcome to the Give Your Witness podcast, brought to you by Give Your Witness Ministry, a ministry for the saints, by the saints, and now for your host of the program, Billy Ray Parrish. Welcome and thank you for joining me. I am Billy Ray Parrish with another good word from the Lord. This is the Give Your Witness podcast presented by Give Your Witness Ministry, a ministry for the saints, by the saints. Today's discussion will focus on God's promise of never leaving us. What God starts, He finishes. What He started on the cross for our salvation, He will not leave it. He is not like many others who leave us up and dry. There are moments in life when we think that God has left us or that God is not present. There have been moments in my life when I thought the same, but televangelist Robert Schuller explains, God's delays are not God's denials. When I think about this, and I think about how the world sees man today, I think about what C.S. Lewis explained. The modern idea of a great man is one who stands at the lonely extremity of some single line of development. We must learn to look outside the world's perspective and see things the way God does. When those who love us leave us, it's difficult. I understand completely. I've been there time and time again. At the end of the day, I had to pick myself up and make a new start. There will be moments in our lives when we do have to make a new start, even with God, but we never have to do it alone. God promises that He will always be with us, including in our darkest moments. Deuteronomy 31 and 8, In the Lord He it is that doth go before thee. He will be with thee. He will not fail thee, neither forsake thee. Fear not, neither be dismayed. Just two verses earlier, Deuteronomy 31 and 6, Be strong and of a good courage, fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is, that doth go with thee, he will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. If we ever think that God is not present, we have to remember that the teacher is silent during the test. Also, when we are in troubled times, we do not have to panic. Worrying is something that comes natural for the human spirit, which is why we are instructed to put our faith and hope in God and God alone. A.W. Tozer explained, Faith, as Paul saw it, was a living, flaming thing leading to surrender and obedience to the commandments of Christ. This can be difficult to do, especially when we are facing troubled situations. We can get down on ourselves and begin to doubt what we can do. I've been here myself and not just a time or two. I was lacking self-confidence. And when we look at the bigger picture, a lack of self-confidence is a lack of respect for our ability, but it's also a lack of respect for what God can do. However, when you think you are not enough or that your efforts are in vain, stop. Stop right where you are. This is a trick that Satan uses so well. This is something that I have thought about myself many times. Not long ago, I thought there was nothing I could do to make a real difference in this world. And maybe by the world's standards, 
This is probably a rightful mindset, as I do not have the things that the world qualifies as a successful life. This has caused many people to leave or to find their place elsewhere. It used to hurt, but no longer, because I realized there is something more than that meets the eye. Unfortunately, there will be many people who leave our side when we say no or have nothing to offer. This is one of those sad realities of life, where the good news is that God does not. Hebrews 13 and 5 tells us, Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. When we get down, we must look up. God is always there. When we are going through bad times, we must remember there is a plan. God is making us stronger. I read in a social media post, When God pushes you to the edge of difficulty, trust him fully because two things can happen. Either he will catch you when you fall, or he will teach you how to fly. Isaiah 41, 10-13 reads, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Behold, all they that were incensed against thee shall be ashamed and confounded. They shall be as nothing, and they that strive with thee shall perish. Thou shalt seek them and shalt not find them, even them that contended with thee. They that war against thee shall be as nothing and as a thing of naught. For I, the Lord thy God, will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I will help thee. I heard my pastor tell a woman at church that she can call him at any time of the day. And this is a quality of God because God wants us to call upon him at all times, regardless of what is going on. He wants to hear from us, which is what 1 Peter 5 and 7 tells us. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. C.S. Lewis explains that God knows our situation. He will not judge us as if we had no difficulties to overcome. What matters is the sincerity and perseverance of our will to overcome them. Sincerity is one aspect that all Christians need. Sincerity of the heart is sincerity in all matters. Too often I see people who claim to be a follower of Christ, but they do not act like Christ did. But we know people by their fruit rather than what they say. Many people claim a lot of things, which many of these things turn out not to be true. Matthew 28, 20 explains teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. And for that, Lord, thank you. Because God is always there, we should not continue to live in misery. I know so many people who always have their heads down because of the way life is. They have this and that, but they're not happy because they do not have this other thing or that other thing. These people seem to never be happy because they are not happy with what they have. And the ironic thing is they are never happy for what others have. I understand that life gets difficult, but we can make things much worse when we focus on what others have. This is why God tells us not to compare our situation, our life, with another. He wants us to always be happy with what we have. Even if we don't have what we want, chances are great that we have what someone else is looking for. 
somewhere else someone is praying for what we have and there have been different places that I have visited that have shown me that a small amount here in the United States is a large amount elsewhere. Philippians 4, 6, and 7, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Because of the peace that God gives to us all, we can acknowledge without hesitation all that he has done for us. Hebrews 13 and 6, So that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. St. Augustine explained that God is always trying to give good things to us, but our hands are too full to receive them. I have known many people this way who always had their hands into something. When we think about how good God has been to us, it should amaze us. Honestly, I'm looking back over my life and the battles that I have fought. I have been to the hospital different times and I have went through therapy multiple times. I have had people leave me because they said different things just got too hard. A few females found someone new, someone they considered better, and there have been many rejections in my life. However, with all that said, God has provided me with so much more than what I've lost, especially over the last few years. I cannot be anything but thankful to him. Author and clergyman John Flavel explained, quoting Romans 8.32, He spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him freely give us all things? How is it imaginable that God should withhold after this spirituals or temporals from his people? How shall he not call them effectually, justify them freely, sanctify them thoroughly, and glorify them eternally? How shall he not clothe them, feed them, protect, and deliver them? Surely, if he would not spare this own son one stroke, one groan, one sigh, one circumstance of misery, it can never be imagined that ever he should, after this, deny or withhold from his people. For whose sake all this was suffered, any mercies, any comforts, any privilege, spiritual or temporal, which is good for them. Psalms 55 and 22 tells us, Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. To illustrate that God is always with us, even when it feels like he's not, I want to share a story from scripture. I do not do this often enough and should start doing so more as scripture is our guidebook and compass. One of my favorite figures from scripture is Joseph. There have been multiple studies that I've conducted on Joseph and the more that I learn about the man, the more that I respect him. We know that Joseph was favored and God had planned for Joseph to be a great ruler. Joseph's father, Jacob, however, wanted to spare Joseph from the responsibilities of work and labor. Joseph was special, absolutely, but if he was going to be the ruler that God had planned, he needed to be trained and grow in Christ. One of the aspects of a godly ruler is to be able to serve others, and before Joseph could be the ruler God had intended, he needed to have the heart of a servant. How do we know that God had it planned for Joseph to become a great ruler? We know this because of Joseph's dreams. His dreams 
while they may not have made any sense to his family and others, were foretelling a future of great power and authority. There were different dreams that revealed this to us, including the dream of the wheat, as well as the dream of the moon and stars. In both of these dreams, we see the symbolism of leadership and great power. But before these dreams could become a reality, Joseph had to first know what it was like to serve rather than simply being served. The problem with being served without knowing how to serve is that many people lose sight of what's important and God knew the importance of Joseph humbling himself and serving. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another, and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud, and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. First Peter chapter 5 Verses 5 through 6. When we work a job, we have to prove ourselves worthy to our superiors, and the same was true with Joseph. Before Joseph was able to move to the next level of his life, he needed to show God that he was able to be used properly, or that he was ready. Often, people say that things happen for a reason, and this is correct. Different times in Scripture, we learn that certain things had to happen just the way they occurred before the bigger picture could unfold. This is similar to a puzzle. Before one piece can fit, the other pieces must be found and put together, or the picture just will not come together, and the same was true with Joseph. Maybe you're wondering why Joseph had to be slowed into slavery before he could advance up. Slavery isn't something that we think much about today unless we're in election season. Although certain parts of the world and in private parts of America, slavery is still alive and well. But during this period of time, slavery was something that was commonplace and is the ultimate position of service. God knew that Joseph had to mature and grow before he could adequately lead. And what better way to serve than as a slave? As Joseph settled into his role as a slave, he was good at it. He was a very disciplined worker and did as he was instructed. Eventually, he was put in charge of the entire household for his obedient and effective service, which was a move up. But just when things seemed to be going well for Joseph, the wife of Potiphar tries to seduce Joseph. However, Joseph does not take the bait. He does not take her up on the advances, so she lies to her husband and turns the situation around on Joseph, as though Joseph was the one doing the seducing. When Potiphar finds out about this, he's not happy, so he has Joseph thrown into prison. But the Lord was with Joseph, and shewed him mercy, and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Genesis 39 and 21. As the story goes, the Pharaoh is having a dream that he is unable to figure out. Nobody in the land is able to interpret it, which is where Joseph comes in. While in prison, Joseph interprets dreams of people with political connections. And when the Pharaoh learns of Joseph, he sends for Joseph's services. When Joseph arrives, he is told of the dream and gives the interpretation to the Pharaoh. And as we study scripture, we learn that there were different interpretations given to Pharaoh by many different people. But none of them 
were able to please him until Joseph interpreted his two dreams. Not only did Pharaoh appreciate what Joseph was telling him, but he was also happy with the advice that Joseph offered to him, although he was not asked to give it. Paul Harvey used to say, now you know the rest of the story. We know that Joseph was made into a leader and he ruled greatly. But I want to focus on what we learn from the trials of Joseph. Not only do we learn that all things happen for a reason, but the trials that we go through are often there to mature and grow us. If Joseph did not have the trials, he would not have been able to grow. If he did not grow, then he would not have been the leader that the world needed at that time. Joseph was great at saving, as we see with storing the surplus of wheat, which saved the people when famine came. While God did provide all things at the right time, we cannot forget all that Joseph had to overcome to become a great leader. Never once, though, did Joseph take credit for anything he had done because he knew it was from God. And Joseph answered Pharaoh, saying, It is not in me. God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. Genesis 41 and 16. God was always there with Joseph, even when things were difficult. Being a slave and being in prison must have been difficult for Joseph, but God never forsook him. God loved Joseph, and he loves all of us. Scripture tells us that without faith, we cannot please God. Also, he that followeth after righteousness and mercy findeth life, righteousness, and honor. Proverbs 21 and 21. Think about all the obstacles that Joseph had to go through before he was deemed as ready for service. This is the same with each of us. Just because something doesn't happen quick doesn't mean that something won't happen at all. There have been different life-changing events for all of us, and while the results may have been devastating, God did not go anywhere. Another social media post that I enjoy very much reads, Sometimes God breaks your heart to save your soul. I, for one, can relate to this wholeheartedly. If I did not endure some of my hardships, I'm not sure where I would be today. I'm not sure what road I would have gone down. Because I tasted defeat and hardships and felt heartbreak, I can now taste victory. I am able to see the sunshine and feel the wind. God is not quick to leave. Numbers 14 and 18 reads, The Lord is long-suffering and of great mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgression, and by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation. Psalms 103.8 The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and plenteous in mercy. As Christians, we know that God is in control and that he has his finger on the pulse. We do not have to worry about tomorrow because we know who holds today. More so, as Romans 8 and 28 reads, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. In 2 Timothy 1 and 7, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and of a sound mind. Because of everything that God has done for us, we can boldly claim that the Lord is our helper. We can be confident in this, and we can be confident that he never will leave us. Further, we can say, because of our witness, that it is because of God that we have made it this far. Hebrews 4 and 16. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, 
that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And finally, because God is always with us, despite what the world does, we can be strong and never fret. We can overcome even if we feel alone. We can stand victorious because of all that God has done for us. In fact, we do stand victorious because of all that God has done for us. First Chronicles 28 and 20. And David said to Solomon, his son, Be strong and of good courage, and do it. Fear not, nor be dismayed. For the Lord, God, even my God, will be with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee, until thou hast finished all the work for the service of the house of the Lord. Once again, thank you for joining me. I am Billy Ray Parrish, and this has been another good word from the Lord for the Give Your Witness podcast, presented by Give Your Witness Ministry, a ministry for the saints, by the saints. I do ask you to please check us out on social media, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And don't forget to check me out as well on the same platforms, as well as YouTube at Billy Ray Parrish. Until next time, friends, never forget what Christ has done for you. Stay safe. God bless. And as always, God bless America.